He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 101. Doesn't quite have the ring of last week's 100, but 101 episode of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm again joined with Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. And uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at podcastgts, at podcastgts, and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Firstly, thanks a million for everybody's comments and good wishes from last week's 100th episode. And I suppose Barry might just briefly review exactly where we're at in terms of the competition that Titleist very kindly put up some prizes. Pro V, dozen Pro V ones, pair of foot joy, hydro lights, and custom fitting in Titleist and Carton House with Marco Manny. So, how do people have a chance to get their hands on those great prizes. The good news is we haven't swiped the prizes for ourselves. They're still up for grabs. So to enter the competition, you need to tweet at Podcast GTS, at Titleist Europe. Put your answers in and hashtag Team Titleist. So at Podcast GTS, at Titleist Europe, Team Titleist, hashtag, and the answers. So the three questions are uh, in order. To win a dozen Pro V1s, what is the name of the founder of Titleist? To win a pair of FootJoy Hydrolytes, according to FootJoy.com, make sure it's the .com, how many possible combinations exist for FootJoy MyJoys? Now, we've found out that there's two very close answers. Um, I don't know exactly why. There's you know one or two tweaks in the combinations, but they're both very big numbers, bigger than any of the other ones you'll find out there. So we're accepting both of them, um, just the way the internet's working. So... Uh, the final question is to win the custom fitting session with Titleist in Carton House. This can only happen in Carton House. Um, so if you're willing to travel from abroad, that's great. Enter away, you can win. Um, if not, it's kind of mostly an Irish person's prize um, because we're Irish. So And anybody uh, anybody travelling from abroad, if they win it, uh, let us know. We'll, uh, we'll meet them in Carton House for a game of golf. Absolutely, yeah. So the question to win that is, what is the name of the Titleist short game robot? Perfect. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll go through all of them again at the end of the show. Um, and again, thank you to Titleist for sponsoring last week's show and, and the prizes that are up for grabs. I actually forgot to mention last week. We're, we're just going to draw names from the, all the correct answers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I assumed yeah. that was... Oh, we should probably <laughs> stipulated just to be sure. Okay. Well, uh, now that the terms and conditions have been read out, <clears throat> our own game and... Uh, I was down at a wedding on Friday night, so I missed the uh, the competition. I arrived about 15 minutes late, and unfortunately there was nobody on the timesheet to uh, to mark the card. So I actually just went out and played 18 holes on my own and had a very enjoyable uh, practice round. Yeah, you scored uh, scored well. Yeah, 38 points for the 18 holes and uh, had 40 putts. Uh, so, Did you do your greens and regulation? I did. Uh, they're, they're sitting in the car. <laughs> sure, you remember ballpark figure. It must have been, it must have been nine or ten at least. Uh, I I had a high number. Um, mm. Yeah, um, I'll I will get it before the end of the show. No, you won't. We'll just go with nine or ten. <laughs> it was it was. But it, must, it must have been good because if you had just a regular putting round, say like thirty two. What did I say? If you thirty two putts, I said you would have shot seventy two. So oh, here he's counting. I I, I think it was twelve. Oh, that's very good. I think it was twelve, um, because I, I just I found the greens really tough in terms of some were fast, some were slow, um, but um, no, I, I I played really well, um, and it it just proves that if you play relaxed and mm. you're just kind of kicking around, you know, without any fear or favor, it's amazing how well you can play. Um, I did take it into the Sunday though. Thankfully, uh, I was. One over for nine holes uh, pre-handicap, and that was because I short-sided myself on 18, middle of the fairway, hit the second, uh, just pulled it slightly to the over the bunker on the left-hand side, and I don't know how it didn't roll into the bunker, because it was right mm-hmm. on the edge of it, uh, so it was downhill lie, 
to a very narrow de- degree. Uh, the, the Over bunker, the- pitching on a down slope, unless you fly to the middle of the green. Well, this was it. So the bunk, uh, the flag was at the front, very front of mm. the, the green, and uh, I decided that we still had placing. So I decided I would kind of pop it a little bit higher on the the turf of grass and try and just kind of hit a floated one underneath mm. and uh, just hit the top of the bank on the other side and went into the bunker. Uh, got up and down, but like it was just it was a mess from hitting a five iron to the middle of the fairway and then having a pitching wedge in my hand. But anyway, you live, you learn. Yeah, don't do it again. It's a nasty place to leave yourself in eighteen. There, it's just a, it's a tough approach shot. It's a narrow fairway. It, the greens elevated above you from the fairway, so um, it, it's a tough shot. Even though there's a good bit of space on the green, it's, it asks it asks a good question of your wedge. And I did think about going left of it and just playing into the heart the bigger part of the green but if you move to the left you've got the the water all behind yeah. so it was kind of the between the devil and the deep blue sea so sometimes um, it's good when you're forced into it you have to play this shot because you're given no choice so sometimes without you know, with only that one choice it makes you commit even more to it i had to i had to commit to it because if i didn't i was going in the bunker in mm. front of me if i didn't commit to it. I could have bladed the thing straight out of bounds on the other side. So it was a case of you just had to hit and hope. But I played really nicely. I had a, a, a great regulation par. Uh, sorry, regulation birdie on the, the, the par five fifteenth. Hit a great drive. Second shot to about 80 out and just hit a three-quarter wedge to probably eight feet shy of the hole. It was on the front part. Um, so it was kept myself with an uphill putt and drained it. Nice. And uh, the three guys we were, I was playing with were like, that's how you play golf. I was like, I really wish these guys walked around with me a lot more because I had parred, parred the first two and then I birdied that. And I was like, these guys just, like, now they were, and in fairness, they, they were really good golfers, um, though their handicap didn't necessarily see, say it. One was twenty, and then there was a girl. There was a girl off twenty, and then there was a guy off twenty-two, and a guy off a girl off twenty-seven. How I have played like they—they they were not that kind of handicap. Mm. Like if they just sorted out the putting, they would have been an awful lot lower and cut um, a third off those handicaps. Oh yeah. yeah. Now I have to say, one of the the ladies that I played with um, had the funniest stance um, when she was addressing the ball. It was so funny that the, the guy I was playing with um, walked over to me after about three holes and goes, uh, you got to love the lavatory stance. <laughs> and I think I think you can probably work around from there what that stance looked like. Uh, but it was... I hadn't noticed it. Well, sorry, I had noticed it, but I hadn't noticed it in that context <laughs> until he said it. And then for the rest of the round, I was like, you prick, I can't believe you told me so that. A deep flex of the knees then, yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it, you could have put a seat underneath and just pulled the seat away and she would still be standing. It was just superb, but uh, it was a great round of golf, really enjoyed it, the, the three guys I played with. It was the captain's driving, I should have said, um, for Pat and Marie. I think. The captain and lady captain. The lady captain, who I can't remember her name. Um, Barry, you played Saturday anyway. You played Saturday morning. Uh, struggled a bit, did you? Or actually, not too bad. An awful lot better than the week before. Um, I was really annoyed at my putting. I, I don't remember making many putts of any significance. Counted up my putts after the round at thirty three. So that's not terrible, but it's also not great either. Um, so thirty three putts, and I did not count my greens in regulation, though they were not extraordinarily high. I'd say maybe five or six. It just. It just wasn't. How many points did you have? 31. 31, yeah. 31. Okay. I just... So was it the driving? Was it the... What bit was the bit that... Because hmm. 33 putts is, is pretty good. So you're, you're obviously... Nah, you know, right, the, like, the greens in regulation, obviously, was, was, was low. A bit low. But, the, uh, the problem was... Was it off the tee that didn't give you the chance to, to no. hit the greens? Or I, I had a lot of... I had a lot of good shots out there, but just probably didn't string enough of them together. So I was, I'm more, I didn't really care about my score in the day. I just wanted to get some good execution, get some good feeling. You know, if I hit the bad shots, I realized why I hit them. I mean, a lot of a lot of my bad shots are down to me not rotating my hips properly, which means I'm not, I'm just doing a shoulder turn, which is no good. And then it's all timing. If you don't get that 100% spot on, you're going to end up with a bad shot. So on the whole, I hit a lot of really good shots. Um, so happy. I'm going to go with happy. It was nice weather this week. Um, 
last weekend and this weekend. So hopefully the course might yeah um, need some growth. It needs some growth there, uh, but it it just needs it, it needs growth and it needs no wind, uh, no rain for the next few days mm. uh, it's, and weeks. It it's just, still wet. Yeah, I lost a ball to the right of the third fairway. My drive just went underground, subterranean, disappeared. So that was a scratch. So that kind of sucks. Lesson is, don't miss the fairway. I was going to say. Yeah, I know. I know. I, know. I can <laughs> see in your eyes. I can put James like, written what it To be fair, say. for people who don't know the third in Glen of the Downs, because actually I was talking about this to somebody over the weekend, and I was saying the third is a really clever hole. It's a bit like 18, but particularly the third is, is a really cleverly designed hole. You can see slight dog leg, only mm. slight, but uh, you've got bunkers up the three big, big bunkers, which up is your left. driving eye line. Out of bounds all along the right. Trees just inside that. And the fairway tilts heavily from left to right. And then all of a sudden you look to your left and you've got gorse, you've got long grass. Mm. Okay, not so much now, but in a few weeks there will be. Um, it's just a really cleverly designed hole because, you know, you're aiming at those bunkers hoping you don't hit it so sweet that you I'm, hit it. On. I'm starting to think more and more that that's a three wood tee shot well that's how unless, unless, the, unless the wind is into your face um i just think it takes an awful lot of the trouble out of out of play it takes that the out of bounds only starts at, at the limit of your kind of driving distance off the blue tees so if you don't take driver then you can't reach that out of bounds right unless you skew it 70 yards right yeah, I think we've been that soldier at times. We spent years down there with the slice, but I think the three woods takes an awful lot of that trouble out of play. And okay, it gives you a slightly longer second shot in, but in a, you actually might end up with a nice flat, a flatter stance, which helps. And so I think the thing about it, I did that last year. I did that in all of the strokes competitions. Mm. I played either rescue or three wood off that tee yeah. because I wasn't. You've got to protect the golf ball in all rounds, but particularly, and also it's a high enough hand, it's a high enough index. I think it's what four, three oh, or four. It's, it's six, six or eight, I think it is actually. But we have a shot on it. I mean, I, I got to a stage six, where if the wind is helping from behind or from the left, I, I can hit my three iron off the tee there, and the, you know the fairways are firm; it'll run out. You know, and I still only have a mid iron yeah, in. You've stopped using your three iron off. The, That's because the, the course has been completely saturated it never anyway. it never got fully dry last year i'm hoping it does get completely dry this year and kind of gets that firmness and bounce and almost almost links like uh, as it has done previously let's years. move on because let's move on a bit of good weather talk about this for a long time we'll be off uh, the blue tees soon though another what three two or three weeks three weeks until the first medal of the year so the court will we'll be beginning of april yeah. moving back very quickly now. i would yeah, the, they may. I was talking to Pat Doyle, and he, I did say that to him, and he said, we'll wait and see. It might be a case that we might be back on the Blues for that week. That could be the first time we might be back on them. Good uh, test. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's a quick quick transition to lengthening of the course. You know, gone from the, well, pretty much the very forward tees only three weeks ago, and all of a sudden we're going from there, which is where the course is unbelievably short right back to its yeah even, even though it, it is still when the wind is up it's it's cold so the mm. ball's certainly not traveling summer summer distances at the moment let's have a look at some of the news items and i suppose this is the time of year where again our attention turns to the masters and the green jacket and i see jordan speed this week has basically been wearing it everywhere he goes uh 21 days to the masters and i i have to say i am getting quite excited about it now um, it's crazy isn't it I mean what about all the guys who are winning like all the past champions since 2011 have won like Scott Bubba Schwartzel Spieth they're all putting their hand up saying I'm a real contender this year well the great news is uh, since last week's program we have been in touch with our good friend over at betting uh, golf betting systems and he has agreed to play uh, come on over the the, the majors again and Possibly the players as well. Mm -hmm. Probably the Ryder Cup. We can probably get him into that. Oh. And the Olympics. Well, he's in for all of them. Yeah. Uh, so that's Steve Bamford from golfbettingsystem.co.uk. It's at Bamford Golf. But definitely check out their website. Brilliant for you know looking forward you know ahead to the week that's coming you know with their tournament stats and uh, past performance and predictor models. It's uh, very helpful for fantasy golf or just a little little punt. You know if you like to have so, a flutter on the golf. So that that will be so we'll be looking at the Masters in much greater detail over the next couple of weeks with the big preview show the week before. Let's have a look at some of the other news. Arno Palmer won't be hitting the first shot at the Masters. Mm. Barry, you've had a look at this. Um, yeah, Arnie just 
84 years old, I guess a shoulder, back kind of issue. So he's going to be there with um, Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus, but he won't be hitting the opening tee shot. So. Are they bringing somebody else in, or have they announced that? I don't know. They, Did uh, not see. It might be something that they might have a look at, because it's only just been recently announced, so I'm sure the guys out in uh, uh, Augusta will probably have a look and see. Might find uh, some past champion. Um Someone like Tom Watson, Tiger or Woods, yeah, yeah Tiger, or uh, maybe maybe uh, Nick Faldo might do it. And um, looking at the uh, the Poulter, Ian Poulter is being getting heckled, Barry. And again, you you were having a look at this for the listeners. What what's this story all about? Uh, yeah, Poulter out the course and uh, was getting heckled by a fan shouting quotes from Happy Gilmore at him, um, as you do. Why not? Yeah, so. Um, he then kind of tweeted about it that he was swimming around in Poulter's head. Um, anyway, Poulter tried to get him removed from the tournament saying, you know, it was, can't be doing that. The fans can't be badgering the pros as such. And uh, the guy, his name is JJ Downham, tweeted about it afterwards. Anyway, Poulter found the tweet and engaged with it and said, uh, tried to loop in the guy's employers. The guy uh, works for Florida Southern College, I think, in their golf team. So... Poulter tried to say, look, is this the kind of professionalism you expect from your guys? I guess the guy, Poulter's pissed off. You shouldn't like shouldn't have to put up with like abusive heckling on the golf course. No, I, I think that the, the problem with this story is, one, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. I think Poulter has added fuel to a very small burning ember, mm. which was unnecessary. I think, I like Poulter a lot. I don't think it's necessary, like... You know, you don't know the circumstances. The guy might have had a few drinks. You know, to start bringing in the employees and things like that is not necessary. The guy shouldn't have done what he did, absolutely. But Pulse, you know, should have just kind of risen above it a bit better than perhaps he has. I don't think it's the greatest media success that Poulter has ever had. No, I think I think he's used that to highlight a, a, a bigger issue and that there is heckling and abuse of players on tour. And I think he just... You know, I'd say these guys, their their Twitter feeds and their comments and everything are just full of crap and vitriol, getting fired at them all the time. And every so often, you just don't be honest. You're human. Then. You're human. I know. I know but don't be honest. They, they they use it enough to 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 show off their sponsors and all of the rest of. You know, I'm not suggesting that anyone should take abuse. Far from it. But you know, I think he's he's escalated this whole situation, mm-hmm. which was probably unnecessary. Where the lie, uh, where the, the the blame, I think, ultimately lies is probably the organisers and the security. That should have been, it should have been stopped and at the at the source and security should have said, come on, son, you know, come back tomorrow when you've sobered up and should have taken him out of the uh, the situation rather than having Poulter getting too involved with it. But mm. anyway, that's that's my two cents. Um is there any other news, Barry? You were looking at a guy on uh, GoFundMe who's uh, trying to, to help. Yeah, so Chris Cheney is at wrong underscore fairway on Twitter, and he was at this guy's house. And the guy, Dave, was heading off to Hawaii with his wife on holidays, and the conversation switched over to golf, obviously. And Chris asked him, are you playing golf anywhere? And the guy, Dave, said, oh, you know, looking at Kapalua, but it's $300, and the wife just doesn't see how the hell you could possibly spend $300 in a round of golf, so I'm not going to do it. Anyway, Chris got an idea. He said, well, what if we just did like a GoFundMe, like a Kickstarter-style campaign mm. for it? Set up a page um, within a few minutes, did it, left it up. Himself and another one of their friends threw a couple of dollars at it. Anyway, it got picked up on social media, fired around the place, and all of a sudden they had enough money in the kitty to pay for his round in Kapalua, in addition to that, Kapalua picked up on it as well and have offered the guy a free round of golf and free Kapalua gear. So, nice, kind of fun idea. Um, got a bit of traction, I guess, because Chris Cheney's re- uh, you know he's got a fairly reasonable following on Twitter, so that kind of helps push things along. There was the guy who uh, I'm gonna have to check up and see how he's been getting on. The guy who got the 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 pass to play at the Masters and he's been looking at uh, the amateur. And he didn't have the money, and he uh, he oh, set yeah. up the uh, the fundraising. I'm going to have to see how that's uh, that, that's getting that, on for next week. So look, let's look at the uh, the LPGA had no tournament last week. They are back this week, but the European Tour was off as a true Thailand classic in Black Mountain Golf Club 
in Thailand, it was a 7,346-yard par 72. And uh, Scott Hain, the Australian, held off a stunning late charge from one of the hometown favourites to win the true Thailand Classic by a shot, 18-under to win by one. Took all three putts on 18 to win, which he, he required. And it seemed to me like it was a case that um, a lot of guys flattered to deceive in this tournament, Barry. They, they, they kind of came close and then pulled back, and he just held on on the last day to to see it through. Thomas Peters, Peter Uline both had another good week. And, uh, you know, was there anything here other than, let's let's be honest, it's it's a second second tier um European tour event but it's it's a fifth Australian winner on the European tour. He has moved quite high up in the, the race to Dubai and and he gets his card and so on and so forth. But is a kind of congratulations Scott Hayne, but uh we move on fairly rapidly from that tournament. Yeah, I mean as as we've always said, it's tough for us to, to really engage with these tournaments that are so far ahead of us. I mean they're play for the day is pretty much finished by the time we're waking up so um, it's hard to engage with the tournament when you're not kind of living it live and watching it live or following it live and you're just picking up the results at the end of the day so yeah another another. it's also a co-sanctioned kind of Asian Australian European tour event so a lot of guys mm. that, that we wouldn't be household names in this part of the world certainly uh, kind of showed, showed up um, you know I suppose there was a few in terms of say Thomas Peters and uh, Peter Uline, uh, Josh Luton. You know these are European players who made the journey, and I suppose all you can do is go out. These guys have to beat the guys that are there, and and okay, they fell short this week when Scott Hayne won it, but you know it's um, it's good good from from the European tour that Thomas Peters, Peter Uline, just uh, Luton. These guys are starting to to be back up at the top of the leaderboard again well, yeah. and they're on the a ones regular that, basis. They're the ones that you'd expect to be up there in a, in a lower quality event. So, you know, pretty much the ones you'd have expected to see those guys there and um, Greg Ravry, Lucas Bjerregaard, Tom Chai Jaidi, um, you know, they're the ones you'd expect to see up there and they got up there. So, yeah, look, it'll be, I'm looking forward to, you know, a few weeks time when we're, you know, European tour events are back on European tour so, soil for a little bit and then off to China again, you know, as, as you do. But it, ultimately, it's starting to swing back here. And just looking a little bit down the line, it'll be a couple of months' time, but it'll come fast, the Irish Open. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and this isn't us, you know, in any way downplaying the, the, these Asian events because it is important for the game. It's mm. a global game. It's just, it's harder for us to perhaps, with the TV schedule, and they're probably, any listeners in Asia are probably saying the same when they're looking at European tour events. Like the Irish Open, might be too bad when they get to watch it at night. Kind of like the way we'd watch golf in the US on the West Coast. There, say it's like eight hours behind, but still can be tough at times when it's not on a kind of a regular slot in your day. So look, let's let's move to the PGA Tour, which was the Valspar Championship in the Innsbruck Resort in Palm Harbor in Florida. It was uh, not too far off the same yardage from from over in the European Tour, seven thousand three hundred and forty yard par seventy one. And uh, you know this was this was Charles Swartzel won in a playoff against Bill Haas, but um, both finishing at seven under. I suppose the story of probably the weekend is probably Bill Haas throwing it away rather than necessarily Charles Swartzel winning. Bill Haas had a comfortable lead, and even. On final day, he still had a comfortable lead on the back nine and ended up not really getting it done. He ended up with a one-over um, finishing round. Charles Warchill was four under, and that kind of says what happened over the course mm. of the day. People made a move, and Bill Haas couldn't react. Yeah, we've got to give credit to Schwarzel because he shot the best round of the field on the day, the 67, So, and the all the commentators are saying to have six birdies on that course on that day, the way it was playing, was a really serious achievement. Um, Haas was, I don't know, uh, got the finish line jitters maybe, or the final day jitters, because he looked so good on you know the first three days. Uh, his father, Jay Haas, had come down 
They built him a new driver, um, same driver head, but they changed the shaft, shortened it by half an inch, and had a little bit more upright. And he had a new putter made up as well with a new grip. So, and that seems to everything was looking great. In addition to that, his dad told him to make a little swing change and that he should still make a full swing, but to cut off his follow through. And whatever that did, it got him beautifully in sync. But um, Sunday, it all kind of came apart. He was losing his losing a lot of his irons and his shots to the right. So that kind of says he's maybe just missing that commitment and belief in it because it was a fresh new thing and it just and maybe think, just not fully getting through the ball. And I think if you if you. If you look at the tail of the two players between Charles Schwartzel and um, Bill Haas, and I suppose for listeners, probably if you wanted to see where it was won and lost for both of them, it's probably the 16th hole. Mm. Um, you're looking at Charles Schwartzel, you know, holding an absolute monster, 60, 65 foot, I think it was, yeah. uh, for birdie, where, you know, Bill Haas is, is bogeying the hole. And, mm. and that's and that's the two shot swing there. Um, you know, and it's a right that critical moment, sixteenth hole. You know, it it's it's a deflator and it's an inflator, depending mm. on which side of the fence you're on it. But um, that in itself, probably, you know, Charles Schwartzel, you know, afterwards kind of said, "Look, it was going at some pace, and it was like oh, it, yeah. it it was it was well past comfortable range if he hadn't uh, held it." But he he did, and and maybe sometimes that's. The nature of golf, and that's the nature of sport. That it's the trophy has your name written on it, and 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 that sixty-five footer does just clip the inside and falls in rather than perfectly timed break or that perfectly timed little bounce that just helps. Yeah, it it it, it, it happens both ways. The thing, like Schwartzel made one hundred and forty-five foot of putts in the final round, and Haas made about seventy-two foot of putts. The difference is Schwartzel making that one. Now it's not just that one isolated shot, but that one big bomb makes a huge difference. It gives him great momentum going into the last couple of holes. Uh, it's uh, you know Hass is not going to know he's holding sixty five footer, but it's it's just the way it is. Uh, Schwartzel's been playing fantastic golf recently, swinging it very well. It's his second win in, in only a matter of weeks after picking one up on the European Tour there recently. So, and probably. A good, a, it makes him. It probably makes him feel phenomenal now to get that second PGA Tour win because there's been a lot of questions over his ability and whether his Masters win in 2011 was just a freak show where he just had a nice streak of four, you know, four birdies to finish, and was that just a, was he a one hit wonder on the PGA Tour? Well, I I think I said it a couple of weeks ago when Charles Schwartzel won, and I said he's the kind of guy with this. That could go on, and you know, for the the Masters, he likes the Masters. He plays well there, mm. and you know, you're always going to feel good. And I think this is the one thing that the Masters has that any of those returning pros that have won gets to go to the Champions Dinner on the the Tuesday Wednesday night. Mm. And if that doesn't give you a bit of a boost when you step up on the first tee on Thursday, yeah. I was at the Champions Dinner. I am a champion. I have my green jacket in the clubhouse. And for someone like Charles Schwartzel, who, in my opinion, is is one of those guys who, if he gets on a hot streak, he's a confidence player. He likes to win. He likes to play. You know, you can see it steadily building week on week, and then all of a sudden there's two or three wins fairly quickly. We're only three weeks away um, from the Masters, and it's a place he knows, and it's it's a place that... He should be comfortable with. He's going to be walking a foot taller, like you said, and when he walks down Magnolia Lane, all those good vibes, the champions dinner, he's going to be strutting around the place, as will Adam Scott, Bubba Watson, Jordan Speed as well. Just that great buzz of going back there as a past champion and a recent win. Like They're all going to feel so confident. and You've got Rory in good form. It let's, is let's have really a going to be a... Phenomenally exciting we'll, build up now. We'll, we'll we'll talk about the Masters in greater detail in a few weeks, but let's keep it to talk on the Valspar. And I suppose there's a few talking points out of it. And I don't think we can probably look too far past uh, Jordan Spieth, who started with and book ended his rounds <laughs> this week mm. with uh, two fairly fairly poor seventy plus rounds. And um, he seems to be saying it's not a worry for him. It's you know that he he's it's just a little bit of a black spot. Um, I I saw comments from him this week saying that there's an element of trying to get used to the new attention and the new kind of expectation that's on him. 
he's been doing the rounds of the the US talk shows as well. Um, is it a blip? Like he's he's got this great ability to to have a really poor first round and then an incredible second and third round. Just when you think it's starting to maybe get over the problems, mm. then Sunday comes back. But was that perhaps the course, or is that something more endemic in, in Jordan Sweet's game at the moment that's a concern? The Sunday can easily fade away. I mean, he probably thinks on Sunday, I cannot afford to make one bogey if I'm going to catch them. It's not the kind of course where you can go out and shoot a really, really low number and come from a long way back. Um, testament to that is the lowest range for the whole field that, uh, last week was a 66, so... You're not going to be able to go out and shoot a 62 or 63 in the final day there and and catch up. So he's look, he's such a great battler. I mean, for all the for all the world, everyone goes he's going to miss the cut after his opening 76. Yet yeah, he's just got this great ability to just grind it out and pull a score from enough of a score to get him into the next the next day. You know, to make the cut. I don't get this whole like he's on a blip, he's in a bad run of form. He's still posting, you know. He'd want a miscut. He's still posting good results. This is like when we're saying Rory finishes top 10 or 8th or, you know, 15th or 20th, backdoors into that, maybe with a good final day Sunday, and where everyone's saying, oh, Rory's playing poorly. Like, poorly to me is two or three miscuts, a 56, you know, but that's, that's a poor run of form. But uh, is, this, no is, this not, is this not the reality? And I, I, can, I totally appreciate where you're coming from, and I understand that. But is this not the reality of where Jordan Sweet's game was last year, the expectation is is an awful lot higher. Mm. Like we are putting Jordan Speeth, Rory Rory as well. And I think to a lesser extent Fowler and Jason Day, they seem to be kind of immune from this at the moment. But Jordan Speeth and Rory are having that what we what I will call the tiger effect. You know, they're at the top of the game. They're now expected every week to be pretty mm-hmm. much teeing it up and winning. Because that's what Tiger did. For for years and years, Tiger went and won two, three, four tournaments in a row. You know, And in the same breath that, that Jordan is being talked about as, as Tiger or Tiger the version 2.0, he's going to have to get used to this, that his bad weeks are going to be, oh my God, there's a blip. Oh my God, Jordan Spieth is no longer the best player in the world. Jordan Spieth is he's gone, he's done, he's finished. Oh yeah, he's cooked, like he'll never win again, blah, blah, blah. Just hyper-extreme reactions to quite normal um, variance in golf results. Uh, no worries about him. I mean, he's got he's got the build-up to the Masters now. This is a better week, I guess, overall. You know, he's, he's shown again to himself he can recover from a poor start, adversity, no problems at all. And I think, I think the Masters, again, like, I know it's, it's hard to... It's hard to hold myself from talking about it because it is. I think it's going to be a little bit... I was talking to Steve Bamford there during the week. Um, he thinks it's going to be a bit firmer and faster and there's no way the committee in Augusta are going to let that winning score be anything close to what it was last year. So it might be a bit more of a battle and a grind this year, which uh, speed, speed is uh, very good at. We can't, uh, we can't leave the Valspar, even though Barry's still <laughs> bringing it back to the Masters, um, without talking about Jordan Spieth's um, playing partner, the amateur Lee McCoy, a local lad, fourth place. And I uh, have to say that there was a lovely moment on the, I think it was the 18th, and Jordan Spieth, for all the putting woes, had just held an absolute monster, uh, which should give him a bit of confidence walking into the clubhouse, if nothing else. But... There was a lovely moment, Jordan Spieth, you know, clapped him basically off the course. Mm. It, it was a superb finishing round, a superb four days for, for the amateur. No money at the end of it because of it, but uh, he, he's the kind of kid that looks like he could go on and, and, and have a future in the game. He's a seriously nice swing for like a 21-year-old to, be, to have it that sort of uh, very impressive. And, uh, it was funny that Spieth said, do not look at the paycheck, the payouts. Because when you go to the scores hut, it shows the position of the payouts. He mm-hmm. says, "Don't look at the payouts that you would have won if you'd been a professional." And of course, yeah, like that's like saying, "Don't touch the hot plate." You're going to touch the hot plate. So, yeah, your man McCoy looked at the looked at the payout. It was just shy of three hundred thousand. He's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "I barely have three hundred fifty dollars in my in my bank account, and that most of that's kind of got to go for gas money." So. But um, he um, seriously, seriously sorted golf for a great weekend. I mean, he was on a ridiculous round on the Saturday. I think he got to seven or eight under for the round at one stage. And he uh, he is local. He, this is his home course. Mm. Um, so, you know, I suppose you get to take the advantage a bit like um, when you look at 
uh, Shane Lowry when he won the Irish Open as an amateur it was his home course and you mm-hmm. know a lot of practice but true talent regardless of what course is on shows through and someone like Shane Lowry pr- has proved that yeah. that it wasn't just winning it on uh, on a course he knows inside out this is good that the, I think this is really good that the amateurs are starting to get these sponsors invitations to these events instead of giving them to like I think his, this spot was actually maybe originally destined for John Daly, John Daly. I saw it mentioned somewhere, and they decided no, let's give it to the up and coming amateur. And I think that's great because you're pulling in the new blood, the really eager blood to the game. And John Daly's heading off to the Champions Tour now when he takes over to fifty. So uh, I think it's uh, it's great seeing these young guys in, and what a way to take advantage of it. I'm sure surely he's going to get another one or two sponsors exemptions throughout the year on the back of that performance. And and maybe it's something that the the tour will officially look at in giving two or three or four spots every week mm. to amateur players from the local area, you know, they can have the the qualifying competitions leading up to it. So, you know, you could have a few guys playing scratch cups getting in that way, you know, and it's great for the game and it's great for the likes of 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 us and the likes of the, the media to be able to look at the likes of the next generation because as football fans whether it be American football, baseball soccer, whatever it is you always want to keep an eye on your under 21s and your, in the club or, or the lads coming through to who is the next big talent and being able to say geez, do you remember when you got to see mm. Joe Bloggs or McCoy or whoever it is you know, and and it's 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 a part of the education as an amateur to, to play in a big big event like that and and it's great if it's done right. You know, we looked at, I suppose, Michelle Wee and the LPGA a number of years ago when there was this kind of stampede to having this crossover of the men and the women. And she was being brought into a lot of the, the Sony Open and sponsored events. And while she was just about kind of holding her own, it wasn't great for her development. And even now, she says in interviews, it probably wasn't the right thing for her. She should have gone gone to tour school, got her card and, and, and played her way through the LPGA. So it's great for the likes of these guys. Get the experience, get the knowledge and uh, and see how, how far it will take them. Um, Barry, you, you have on the agenda a gripe that you would like to share with the listeners. So I'd suggest everybody can skip forward about 35 seconds from now. No, I'm, I'm curious if I'm the only one that this kind of annoys. So I didn't get to watch the final round live. So I got home later on and switch on and they have the one hour highlight show so I'm like great so I'm watching kind of about the last 45 minutes of it and time after time after time throughout this 45 minutes I'm thinking this is just ridiculous all I'm seeing is bunker shot chip shot put bunker shot chip shot put I don't see any other context of you know the course or how the player got to that position It's it was just so repetitive so non-engaging a highlight show is supposed to be you know Highlights as well as low lights. I think you know the low light is you know how did Hass get into that bunker on sixteen? He found his approach right from a perfect position in the middle of the fairway. I want to see that shot as well. I don't want to just see why you know him in the bunker playing another bunker shot. So I want to see a little bit more of the all round, the whole game itself, rather than just the, the finishing element of somebody holding out a five footer or a twenty footer or missing a twenty footer. Um, I don't know. Do, do you do you feel the same or? Yeah, I I. I understand where you're coming from um i think that there's a reality of how much they can show they mm. they try so hard to to kind of build up the picture of guys who are in 25th position you know really battling to to be in the competition and they're not in truth anywhere close to it but they still show them because they held the 45 footer mm. um it, it, it i think it, when it comes to the highlights it, it should probably predominantly be just the top three or four guys um, and, and, and like that show the main the main bits but then people will say well what about the other guys there was a guy who you know held a birdie on the last hole to get ten, top 10 and so on it's a very very tough but they yeah. could mix it up better I suppose it, it's important to say that you know it's it's a package that's put together by the tours usually I'm not sure if Sky mm, put it together oh, it's I think it's a PGA yeah. production or a, a European tour production so they have a certain agenda and they want to to get it out, yeah. they'll they'll put it together in whatever way they want. I just think it's a, I just think it's a very boring concept, and they need to kind of figure out how to make it a little bit more engaging. And I, it makes me a little bit um, makes me more reluctant to watch those in future. I why not have while he's preparing for his bunker shot or stepping up to his bunker shot, a little picture in picture in the top left hand corner of the screen showing his approach shot that put him into that bunker in the first place. 
all of a sudden you get to get a whole lot more appreciation for what's happened on that hole rather than he ended up here on a par five and three shots and you're like well what you know what happened there you know i want to see a little bit more of the story rather than just bunker shot put bunker shot put or chip shot put yeah i I i think that's not a bad idea the idea of kind of seeing a bit more kind of shot uh kind of side by side you know mm. him kind of in the bunker and a very quick inlay of how he got there i i'd say the problem is that you know they're just they're trying to turn these things over so quickly it's easy to grab um bits well look um at podcast gts if you if you share barry's views um you get us on twitter let's have a look forward this week to the lpga is at the g JTBC Founders Cup in the Wildfire Golf Club, Phoenix, Arizona. It's a 6,538-yard par 72. And Barry might have the odds. I do indeed. Uh, Lydia Ko leads at 9-2. Hannah Jang is 8-1. Stacey Lewis is 10-1. Inby Park is 14-1. Seyung Kim, 18-1, as is Hyojo Kim. Amy Yang's twenty to one, Brooke Henderson twenty twos, Shan Chang Feng is twenty eight to one, Fatlum is thirty to one, Sung Hyung Park is thirty three to one, as is Suzanne Pedersen, and the rest of the field are thirty five to one and out. Uh, this is a cool. This is a good tournament. This was started in two thousand eleven by the then new, or oh, sorry, almost new commissioner of the uh, the, the LPGA, and he kind of had an idea like bring back, you know, on invite the. The, female, the ladies who helped kind of get the LPGA tour to where it is um, the whole idea was to have it as a, a non-payout event and use that money that they would have earned to give to charities and to grow the the ladies game and grow the game for young mm. la- ladies and, and children as well so it's evolved since then with feedback from the tour and it's now become a, kind of a dual thing they do get prize money but there's also a massive charitable element to it and growing the game and it's just a good concept and um he's i like some of the ideas i was reading about it there on the, the way here uh, i like some of the ideas he's, he's a bit of a bold kind of guy in, in terms of his ideas swings big and i guess one of the reasons why the pga tour have kind of sync you know have synced up with them and the two of them have kind of gone into this partnership that's I suppose they'll develop now over the next few years and as we were talking about, was it last week or the week before? You know, kind of synchronize the schedules a bit more, get it a more of a together polished product for golf rather than two separate two separate tours and entities. So it's a it's a good thing. Um, what I like the name of the golf club, Wild, Wildfire Golf Club. Yeah, it's not. Cool, it's, cool it sounds name. like one that should be on like Tiger Woods Golf uh, we, or Rory McIlroy Golf or whatever. It's now sponsored. It's probably Jordan Speed Golf. We just uh, don't have golf course names like that over here at all in Ireland. No, they have a tendency to be the, your 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 local name. Um, looking at the European Tour, and it's the Hero Indian Open in Delhi, New Delhi, India. It's a 6,983 yard par 72, and Lahiri defends. And Barry, you have the odds on for this. Uh, yeah, good, strong market favourite. He's 7-1. to one. Uh, Jos Lauten's 12-1. to one. Marcus Fraser, winner only a few weeks ago, is 18-1. to one. Brett Rumford, 20-1. to one. Our own Podrick Harrington is 22-1, to one, along with Peter Uline. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood's 25-1. to one. Mark Sang is 30-1. to one. Scott Hend, winner last week, is 33-1, to one, as is Romaine Wattel. Uh, SSP Charazia is 35-1 to 1, uh, along with Pablo Larathabal and the rest of the field are 45-1 to 1 and out so it's even weaker fields this week I guess it's just a lot another you know guys could have travelled from Thailand to India but uh, maybe just deciding to take a week off well let's have a look at the, really what is the real showstopper this week and it's the Arnold Palmer invitation at Bay Hill in Orlando Florida 7,419 yard par 72 and uh, this, I suppose, will start with the betting because it just shows quite a strong field. It is Rory McIlroy five to one, Adam Scott seven to one, Henrik Stenson eleven to one, Jason Day fourteen to one, Justin Rose fourteen to one, Matsuyama twenty five to one, Ryan Moore thirty three to one, Paul Casey thirty five, Matt Kuchar thirty five to one, Kevin Kisner forty to one, Snedeker forty to one, and kind of Graham McDowell's there at fifty to one. And just to put it in perspective, because you're going to talk about him in a second, but Matt Every is 80 to 1. Mm-hmm. And why am I picking Matt Every, Barry, at 80 to 1? Because he's trying to win this tournament for the third year in a row. 
which is something we'd only kind of associate with, you know, Tiger Woods doing that kind of back to back to back stuff. Um, I'm, he was three hundred to one last year, and he won. So, uh, to put it in perspective, the the uh, green bookmakers from Ireland are play, paying out seven places. Um, so eighty to one for a guy who has clearly loved this tournament two in a row. Mm. You would hope and expect that he would be there or thereabouts come Sunday. Uh, top seven, uh, top seven with the one fifth odds. Perhaps, uh, yeah. He's been, he's been obviously been in the news this week because he is the, the double defending champion. But he's had a lot of issues with what he's called freezing over the ball and getting tense and not being able to release the club properly. So maybe, maybe this is just the tonic he needs. Go back to a happy place. To quote Happy Gilmore. Um, just where he's won the last two years, obviously feels incredibly comfortable around the course, loves it, and uh, it might just kind of get him out of that little rut that he's in with the f- freezing over the ball, which I can't imagine is a uh, nice and thing I'd to experience at all. There's a few uh, there's a few stories here this week. I suppose one is to see how Rory gets on. Um, you know, took last week off, is back this week, and in the lead-up now to, to the Masters... Adam Scott with the week off last week coming off the back of the win two weeks ago can that good form sorry the double win two weeks ago can that uh, can that form continue or has the the, the week off and from the Valspar has that you know knocked him at all and uh, they're the kind of questions you know Henrik Stenson is there Jason Day you know Matsuyama who's been on good form this this season already you know there's a lot of good players in this field and um you know Thomas Peters is there, who who had a good week last week, coming over from from Asia back to to, to Florida. He's got himself into the match play at courtesy of his performance last week, so he'll be uh, he'll be buzzing this week. Um, Ian Poulter is there. Hopefully, people won't heckle him. Uh, one hundred and twenty-five to one, and uh, it, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a good tournament. Big names, and I suppose. All the attention is going to be on that kind of the Rory, the Scott, the Stenson and the Day and Justin Rose. Kind of, you know, see how they get on in the lead up to their preparations of the Masters. Um, there are probably a few players now who over the next couple of weeks would like to just be ticking around kind of top 10, but not necessarily breaking through. This is that pe- weird period of time where people are like, oh, I'd like to win, but I'd like to win next week at the Masters yeah. instead. <laughs> don't, don't have too much mental energy to be spent on a win. I mean, if you want to win, they want, to, want, want something they can cruise to, I guess, you know, by a few shots, but that's, you can't always uh, write the way you win a, win a tournament. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? You want to be finding your form, but you don't want to spend too much of your energy or your mental energy on, on, on getting a win now, and maybe at the cost of a Masters. I, I think uh, if, if if it was me, I think you just you, take the you, win. You, you take the win and you just keep working and you just take the confidence. I don't think Adam Scott will hand back his two at the moment. No, no. You go three foot taller and uh, same with Charles Wurzel. I think you, you want to bounce into the Masters with so much confidence, especially around the Masters. Of all tournaments, mm. you, you need confidence in that in that course. Any thoughts on who might do it this week? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to just sit back and enjoy it. I I'm going to uh, Cheltenham this week is on uh, the horse racing in in England. So um, the festival. So I'll, I'm kind of looking more towards that this week for for any money I'm putting down. Um, I'll I'll probably keep an eye if there's any value on kind of the Saturday Saturday Sunday markets. But we'll we'll see where we go with it. Um, you putting anything down, or have you lost all your money on? Uh, on any power yesterday. Uh, Cheltenham day one was not successful, but you're, you know, you reload and shoot again on day two. <laughs> Just hope <laughs> um, you don't have too many blanks by the end of the week. To yeah, shoot. that would, that would, uh, I hopefully just build a kitty, uh, the master's kitty. I don't know. I, I, I think us, I think we'll see Rory Henrik and, uh, maybe Ryan Moore going well this week. I haven't put, uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't settled on anybody completely yet okay. to, to back. So well, I might I might actually put a little cheeky little outside bet on Sam Saunders, who's uh, Arnold Palmer's grandson, has a has a good record around here and has had a couple of good results recently. After just scraping through the cut, has had good weekends to kind of get himself up in around the twenties. And again, seven places, you know. Yeah. So there's a there's a decent market there for for kind of further down the field. You can certainly find a, a, a few few bits of value in the mm-hmm. you know seventy eighty hundred two hundred to one to try and get top top ten. Top seven. 
Let's have a look. I'm going to repeat the questions uh, for the Titleist giveaway for our centenary um, uh, show from last week. And to win the dozen Pro V ones, the question is: What is the name of the founder of Titleist? What is the name of the founder of Titleist? That's to win a dozen Pro V ones. According to FootJoy.com, careful, it's the .com website. How many possible combinations exist for FootJoy MyJoys? There are two big answers and both will be accepted and that will be for winning a pair of the FootJoy Hydrolytes. And the third and final question is, what is the name of the title of Short Game Robot? And that is to win a custom fit set session with Marco Mahoney in Titleist and Carton House in, Dublin, in, in Kildare in Ireland. And uh, the deadline is Sunday, Sunday this midnight week. GMT. Yeah, so get the, get the tweets in, you know. If you're not in, you can't win. It only takes you a few seconds and could and be a winner. Uh, remind everybody, Barry, because I didn't do it. I just read out the questions. Just how do you enter? And you don't have to enter all three. It's no. you can enter one, two, or three, and uh, each person will be put into individually into the hats anyway for mm-hmm. for each of them. So you can send one tweet with all the answers. Isn't that right? Exactly. Yeah. So just to tweet us is at podcast GTS. Uh, include at Titleist Europe and hashtag Team Titleist. So at Podcast GTS, at Titleist Europe and hashtag Team Titleist and your answers. And do they have to follow us? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so just add that <coughs> bit in as well. That's critical. Uh, so that's uh, at Podcast GTS, at Titleist Europe, the answers and hashtag Team Titleist. So what is the name of the founder of Titleist? According to footjoy.com, careful, it's the dot com. How many possible combinations exist for FootJoy MyJoys? And what is the name of the title of Short Game Robot? Answers, I was about to say on a postcard, but in the modern world, answers on a tweet. Um, closing is Midnight Sunday GMT. So that is us for week 101. Uh, it seems like a long time to go before we hit the 200 uh, episode. At Podcast GTS, a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any feedback or any comments that you have on the show or anything you'd like us to discuss. Have a great time playing golf this week if you're getting out to play. If you're not, enjoy watching it. If you're not doing that, listen to us next week and you'll find out what happened. All the best. Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.